Hello there, this is Mark Bauerlein with another conversation. Before we get to it, a word about our sponsor. The University of Dallas is a premier Catholic liberal arts institution, renowned for its rigorous core curriculum and thriving graduate programs. Careers in ministry, teaching, business, humanities, and science are formed here. With campuses in Texas and Rome, Italy, students begin their pursuit of a life well-lived. We have two alums of Dallas here at First Things on staff, and they are both superb. For more information on the University of Dallas, visit udallas.edu. That's udallas.edu. Teresa Mull's writing has appeared in the New York Times, the American Conservative. She's an advisor to the Heartland Institute and an editor at Spectator World. Her new book is Woke Proof Your Life. That's our topic today, and I think we all need to need to listen. Anyway, welcome, Ms. Mull. Thank you for having me. Generally, is this a practical guidebook? Is, is, is that the point? Absolutely. I wanted this book to be for people from both sides of the political aisle. Personally, I'm pretty much as conservative as you can get. I'm also Catholic, but I wrote it, I try to write it from a perspective of um, just your average American. You know, it seems like so many of us are strung out, we're burnt out, we are frustrated with this modern world, our anxiety rates, depression, addiction, obesity, all of those awful things are just skyrocketing. And it seems to me that uh, it's just a less pleasant world and a less happy, friendly, neighborly society that we live in. Certainly from when I was a kid and definitely even from, say, three years ago before the COVID pandemic, it just seems like things have kind of gone off the rails. And I wanted to try to fix that and provide some guidance how we get back to that more traditional American patriotic value of helping one another um, and just being being a more positive, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, attitude of, of what we have in common rather than highlighting our differences. Yeah, your, your first chapter is called Battle Fatigue, and, and we can't really fault people for feeling uh, tired and beaten. And, you know, I, I, I sometimes tell young people, my son, for instance, you know, the world used to be a really nicer place. I mean, when I, look, when I was growing up, we didn't lock our front door, you know, at, at our house. And, and you'll often hear people say that, that, that kind of thing. We, we can't really fault them for the response. Can we? No, and that's something I try to focus on also is I think it's easy for people who are already not woke to look at people who are adopting some of this woke rhetoric and embracing it and um and and showing it in how they present themselves, I guess. You know, you see people with uh tattoos and crazy colored hair and piercings and all of these things and you kinda you might uh, reject them just from the way that they appear, but you have to remember that there's a great line, the opening line of The Great Gatsby, where F. Scott Fitzgerald says, "You must something along the lines of, you must remember not everyone has had the advantages that you have had. And, mm. um, you know, if you grew up in this modern life, if you are growing up now, it is very easy to fall victim to the woke talking points because they are very convincing. You know, they veil their evil agenda 
in these gentle terms like diversity, equity, inclusion, the LGBT movement is um, love is love. It's happy rainbow yeah. flags, you know, all these, these nice positive things that are hard to argue with. Um, but whenever, of course, you pull back the curtain a little bit and you see the motives and, of course, you see the rotten fruit that the woke movement is bringing about, um, it, it is truly evil. But, yeah, I, I ask people, encourage them to look at people's, to look into their souls and to look at their heart and to see, do they really believe this stuff? Are they really taken in or um, are is there room for improvement? You know, are they open to truth? Are they open to debate and having their minds changed because uh it is a challenge but i don't think everybody who espouses a, a woke talking point here and there is completely lost or completely evil by any means we need to approach them with compassion and uh and we must be persuasive armed with truth and facts and figures and all of these wonderful things that are at our disposal and uh and come prepared to to save some souls and change some minds you know, you, you note a, a 2021 poll showing that only one third of people really identify as woke. And I wonder, why is it that it seems like all of us have to contend with it, you know, five times a day? How has how, how it, how it become so influential on everything, it seems? I cite technology as a big reason for that. Uh, I say that... Uh... Wokeness lives and dies online, basically. Um, you look at the arguments we're having today. What is a woman? Uh, can a man breastfeed? Uh, kind of these ridiculous uh, debates that we're having. Should drag queens be uh, having reading story hour to kids? You know, this isn't, this didn't really exist even like three years ago. Um, so I go back again to what COVID brought about. And uh, there is a, they call it uh, an unseen uh, unseen crisis, I believe they say, of the COVID pandemic was actually screen overuse and screen addiction. And um, social media and mainstream media certainly are very easy ways by which wokeness can work its way into our lives. We all use our phones way too much. We all spend way too much time um, absorbing uh, our, our TV and and things like that. So, uh, and then you have, if you're anti-woke, if you don't want to, to, to agree and go along with the woke movement, they can cancel you. They can censor you. So, um, if you just looked at the, at the news headlines, and if you just spend a little time on TikTok or, or Twitter or whatever, maybe not Twitter so much now, but before you would think that the entire country was just completely woke. It was all gone, uh, to the radical left-wing ideologues, but that's not true. That's just the impression that we get from the media, which is, of course, we know largely owned and operated by these these left-wing zealots who are powerful, they're loud, they're certainly very well-funded, and they are eager to further the woke movement and cancel anybody who dissents. So I would encourage people to know that uh, though it may seem like you're the only one who's not woke, that the whole world is just gone to the woke uh, masterminds, that that is not the case. They're just louder and more well-funded, and they have technology. <laughs> they're controlling our technology. Indeed. Uh, let me ask uh, a biographical question here, here, Teresa. Was there some event, some specific moment that prompted you to, I got to write this book? 
I got to give people a, 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 the guidebook to, to 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 shelter them from from what I just witnessed, experienced, underwent. Yes, I would say there was a kind of a co- combination of things. Uh, there, I bought my favorite shampoo about a year ago. It smells delicious. I've been using it for a long time, and I looked down and it had a rainbow flag on it. And I thought, oh my goodness, like is there nothing I can buy? anymore that is not provo- promoting some sort of ideological socio-political cause that I don't agree with. So that was one thing that kind of um, the straw that, that broke me. <laughs> um, another thing is that I see a lot of my friends and family who are traditional um, conservative thinkers um, getting really wrapped up and angry about wokeness, which I totally understand. And I found myself doing the same thing. You know, it's I, I make the analogy to playing whack-a-mole with, with the woke, wokeness. You know, they keep popping up with new phrases, new sayings, new initiatives, new this, new that. Um, and it gets really old, but it can steal you of your peace and your purpose. And um, it says everywhere in scripture that we are not to do that. You know, you're not supposed to lose your inner peace. You put your trust in Christ and you fight the good fight. Um, and I, I felt that in this, this society that I alluded to earlier of just anger and angst and people not trusting one another, not looking at one another as a fellow patriotic American, somebody that they care about and want to see thrive. We see each other more as kind of stepping stones to what can I get out of this person? How have they offended me? How have they, what do they owe me? Kind of this attitude shift. I wanted to get back to what it was like when I was a kid, what it was even like pre-COVID. I just, I myself have, I feel burned out and um, nostalgic for a time before our lives were turned into one woke cause after another. Um, I also moved home to my central Pennsylvania hometown a few years ago and have kind of rediscovered uh, what it's like to live Back a few years ago, we're we're pretty isolated here in the central Pennsylvania mountains. Um, We still have good, um, honest, hardworking Christian people where I live. And basically, wokeness hasn't really come here, at least not in any very powerful or meaningful way. And I wanted to share my experience with other people. Of course, I don't expect everyone to move to a, a small uh, town in the middle of pretty much nowhere, even though it's great. If you can, I would encourage you to, but, um, yeah, you can, you can, uh, adopt, I call it kind of the rural way of life or rural thinking, a rural revival, wherever you live, even if it's in a big city, you can adopt, um, tenants of what I found here in, in my charming part of the world, um, into your daily life. So that's, that's also something that, that prompted me to want to write this book. I, I, f- I feel like I found something good and I want to share it with others. You, you draw a relation between woke culture, woke attitudes, and a, a current mental health crisis. What's the connection that you think is, is there? Yes, I, uh, I would say that wokeness is really a result of taking God out of the picture we see uh, Gallup does a poll every year of Americans' values and belief, beliefs, and uh, the more people lose their faith in God and the more they get away from religion and the, the values and traditions that our country was founded upon, the more we see 
that emptiness that, that's taken away from that lack of belief, we see it replaced with something else. And what we see it replaced with now is wokeness. And whenever people are empty of God, if they don't know what their purpose is, they don't know what they were put on this earth to do, uh, they will flounder. And we see that in the in the chaos that's coming about through a godless society. People are empty, they're lonely, they're searching for meaning, and they're filling that with, with woke talking points, with virtue signaling, with um, reparations, with rather than looking inside themselves and saying, oh, I'm unhappy, what's missing? How can I improve myself? How can I discipline myself? How can I improve my life? Um, reaching out to God to to figure out what you should be doing and how how you're supposed to live your life, people instead blame one another. And of course, that brings about misery. Um, that's not what we were put on earth to do. And so whenever you get off of that path, you're going to, you're going to struggle. And we see that big time. Um, rather than live in the way that Christ has instructed us, we try to get surgeries or to give ourselves meaning by, um, you know, posting something on, on Instagram so that we get likes. We're filling, <laughs> filling our egos that way rather than by serving one another and giving of ourselves and using our time and our talent and our skills to make society better and, and care for one another. So if you, if you take God out of the picture, all sorts of terrible things will try to fill that void, and that's exactly what we see with wokeness. Is, is woke explicitly atheistic? I mean, did... did do you hear woke statements openly anti, anti-faith, anti-Christian, at least? Yes, I would say so. I mean, you it says in, in Scripture, by their fruits you will know them. And uh, you look at all the fruits of every single woke uh, initiative, and they're all rotten. <laughs> you look at um, the LGBT movement, they have something like, Three times the uh, chance of being diagnosed for depression with the transgender um, lifestyle, that's something like six times. The suicide rate is even higher. Um, you look at the diversity, equity, and inclusion for all those lovely sounding words. All that really does is uh, divide people and, and point out our differences rather than bring us together and it and we see that uh, just just pitting people against one another and making them angry and selfish. And uh, you um, you think, especially going back to the trans movement, I where I see this as as the most anti God, anti religion. Um, the first sin was to be like gods. That's what Adam and Eve were tempted with. I don't know why you would ever want to be <laughs> to be like gods. That's so much responsibility and, and it just sounds awful, but that's exactly what the woke puppet masters are doing. They're actually saying, um, you can choose your gender. You can become something different. You can say, you can identify as this or as that, and, and that will be reality. They, are, they have totally accepted uh, the temptation uh, that, that Satan has offered so that they will get their earthly reward rather than re their reward in heaven. So it's a total rejection of everything that that God and uh, and our Judeo-Christian values stand for. Let's get to some of the practical things uh, in in your book, uh, the ways the ways of being uh, woke proof. You have a little exchange with your brother over shopping at Lowe's, <laughs> the construction store, which has certainly gone woke in a lot of its messaging. He tells you something very simple. Go to smaller, unwoke 
uh, stores, even if they're more expensive. Mm -hmm. Is that one simple rule? Yes. Yeah. I, uh, it can get really overwhelming. I have a list in the book of all of the woke corporations and a lot yes. of them are, are umbrellas of, um, you know, you think you're okay buying something and then you realize, oh, it's owned by S.E. Johnson or it's owned by this or that. And, and it can get really frustrating and difficult um, whenever you consider that so many of the products and services that we take for granted in our country and that have so much become a part of American uh, culture are very much woke. But fortunately, there are still plenty of alternatives. All is not lost yet. Uh, I have also a list of non-woke or neutral companies that you can uh, patronize without feeling guilty. Um, there is also the option to do things yourself, which I'm a big fan of, you know, getting out from that coercion that the woke, um, woke masterminds are, are so fond of quote unquote, forcing you to do things, but we don't have to, we still have those options and choices. So there's, there's plenty of companies. There's also public square app, um, which is quite popular. Um, it's growing and growing and that it, it directs people to companies, um, conscientious consumers can, can purchase from that um, that are not woke. So that's growing as well. What is that app again? It's called Public Square. And it actually just went public um, on the, the New York Stock Exchange. So it's it's grown by leaps and bounds. Yeah, it's, it's really popular. And it, you can go on there and you say, you know what, I don't want to buy from Amazon or Lowe's or all these these woke places. So I'm going to go on here and figure out where I, I should be uh, you know, buying from companies that don't hate you and don't hate your values and are not trying to destroy society. Um, I'm also a <laughs> well. Now, Go ahead. How, how much you you say in the book? You you explicitly say it, it's going to take a little bit of sacrifice, mm -hmm. a little inconvenience. How much? How how inconvenient will it? Is it really? How much sacrifice does it really entail? Well, a little bit at first, just because you have to alter your thinking. You know, I tell people to try to get out of that buy everything online rut which is very tempting. You know, it's convenient. You can sit on your couch in your pajamas, click, click. Next thing you know, all your Amazon needs for the week arrive on your doorstep. You didn't have to leave your house. You didn't have to do anything. Um, but I would also caution people that convenience and efficiency and cheapness is not the purpose of your life, right? You know, you, you are to, to lead a life as sinlessly as possible and to, uh, to leave the community that you are a part of better than it was. Uh, when you came into this world. So yeah, it might be convenient and easy, but whenever you go out of your way to uh, to buy things from the small shop down the street, I find that uh, that you will be rewarded a thousandfold for the small sacrifice or the small inconvenience. It won't even be an inconvenience or a sacrifice anymore because you will make a new friend who um, that you can bond with every time you go to the to the hardware store, or you can um, find. I talked to a to a guy in the book who who's been doing a lot of woke proofing of the things he buys, and he discovered he he calls it a little tiny tennis shop in um, in in a room the size of a closet, and he's completely charmed by it. And that's the only place he buys his tennis balls from now. He used to buy them from Dick's Sporting Goods. So you discover new things about the world. It really opens your eyes to to your neighborhood, to your neighbors, and it can be really fun and rewarding and interesting. And I really enjoy it. And even if you have to go without things from time to time, you find that you don't really need it in the long run. I also encourage people to get hobbies, to volunteer, to get out and about. 
Um, I think I find that you become a lot more of a consumer whenever you're bored because you're trying to fill your life with stuff rather than occasions hmm. and uh, skills and talents and interests and passions and things like that. So, um, yeah. I just encourage people to simplify their life and to localize it. And, uh, it, it's really not that hard. Uh, schools, a big part of this, mm-hmm. uh, a big part of the woke public schools and many private schools as well are, are all actually are, is every single public school without exception everywhere at all places, at all levels, in all regions, uh, in all kinds of neighborhoods, are they all hopeless? I don't think. Even in red states? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I haven't heard of too much wokeness going on at my local school here in central Pennsylvania because the school board, uh, people who are elected to the school board and the people who vote for them do tend to be not woke themselves. So they're not pushing these kind of agendas and initiatives. However, I think it's only a matter of time before, you know, the state powers that be um, start to force these things into the government schools. Um, But it's good then, of course, that the school choice movement is growing. Parents are realizing what alternatives they are able to have, what their, their friends and family have elsewhere, and they are demanding that. So school choice is growing, and that's amazing. And uh, it's, it's better for taxpayers. It's certainly better for families. You can customize the sort of education your child has. And most importantly, in this case, you can guard them from the woke poisons that are more likely definitely to be in public schools than, than other sorts of schools. So I don't think everybody's doomed, not quite yet anyway, but I would be keeping my eye out for alternatives to government schools. Uh, what about colleges, higher education, which you do discuss midway through the book? What do parents need to do on on that one? There are plenty of resources that uh, provide lists, and I have a few of them uh, mentioned in the book also, of non-woke, not only non-woke, but really strongly traditional uh, classical colleges and universities and uh, that's th- th- those need to be at the at the top of your list whenever your child gets ready to go off to college. Um, I do believe that, of course, a child who is raised properly and um, his parents train him and and how to think and uh, praise for him certainly can uh, come out of a a woke public or just just a woke. Um, higher education institution without being totally corrupted and without being a, a woke monster at the end. But I would I would caution parents, you know, as prestigious, quote unquote, as it is, is it really worth the risk of your child going through that? And how much wasted time um, is your child going to spend arguing with his fellow students, being alienated, not really having that many friends? Um, and also you have to remember that your tuition money is going to be funding a lot of woke nonsense at these colleges and universities. So definitely look for alternatives. And there are still tons of those out there as well. And, um, my brother, I went to university of Dallas in Texas, loved that place. And it's, it's, it's certainly one of the least woke places that I think you could send your, your child to Hillsdale college is another one. My brother went there. And I think their uh, applications for that school went up something like 35, 40% in the wake of all this wokeness. So parents are seeking yes. that, and that's only going to bring about more options for, for students and, and for parents looking for non-woke education. It's only going to grow. 
you've got another interesting section on the world of medicine where woke is sweeping in quickly. How does one find a woke-proof doctor? Yeah, I have a series of questions in the book for parents to be asking if uh, if your doctor wants you to, as a parent to leave the room so that your child will be alone with him or her. The, this doctor that I spoke to said that's a hard stop. That's a that's a big no. You want to be present with your child um, at all times because that's a that's an easy way for the the woke doctor to get in there and start asking manipulative questions of your child, get him or her to say something. Um, you know that that may lead to this doctor recommending that you get the child hormone therapies or surgeries or things like that or psychiatric care that will convince them that they're transgender or whatever it is. So there is a lot of wokeness uh, going on in medicine there, but there again, of course, there are alternatives. There are those questions you want to ask so that you can find a non-woke provider, uh, possibly seek out a religiously affiliated. Um, healthcare uh, provider or a doctor who who aligns with your beliefs, and there's also telemedicine, um, which this doctor um, does not prefer. But he said if it's your only option, of course you can seek that out. And there are several um, online uh, networks that you can search for non-woke doctors in your area, and also that you can connect with an e. Uh, e-doctor, I guess for lack of a better term, that that is not ideal. Uh, you'd rather have a doctor see you in person, but of course it's definitely preferable if the only doctors around you are completely woke. Chapter four raises a big challenge. Move! <laughs> you, you put an exclamation point yeah. on, on that. Move! Mm-hmm. Move, to, move to better places. Now that sounds daunting, but a lot of people are actually doing it, aren't they? They are. There's uh, there's uh, uh, plenty of resources, again, available for people who are looking for somewhere non-woke to live. Um, of course, it's not practical for everybody to just pack up and move to somewhere that's not woke. But you have to remember that your taxpayer dollars are going toward, um, you know, if you live in, in the middle of Center City, Seattle or Portland or somewhere super woke, you are, again, funding initiatives that are destroying our society and for a lot of people that's unconscionable and um, especially in today's day and age where we live where you can uh, there's a lot of options for remote work Um, I would highly recommend that people surround themselves that's a phrase we hear a lot but surround yourself with people who are like-minded who are going to encourage you and help you build the type of life that you want for yourself and your family I encourage people to pray about it I talked to a couple who we're looking for somewhere not woke to live whenever they were starting their family and they went to Fort Wayne, Indiana because the uh, Indiana tends to be run pretty responsibly um, by Republicans generally um, who make a little bit better decisions <laughs> than the Democrats. Um, and they tried a trial period. So that's something that you can do if, uh, if you have that option as far as your work goes. You know, go and rent for a while, for a few months. Go to the local municipality meeting, see what they're talking about, see what kind of laws they have. Talk to the locals, mix and mingle, and, and really get a feel for the place um, but before you move if you can. And, and I also have a list in the book of the most conservative states and the most conservative cities. So, uh, right. so check that out and... And I would recommend a small town also. Uh, you, a lot of vignettes in the book, uh, small stories. What happened to a fellow named Jason Morgan? 
Jason Morgan. He is a beautiful, beautiful model. Um, unfortunately, there's no picture of him in the book, but you can look him up. Um, yeah, he's a highly successful model, and um, a lot of, of his business was coming to him through Instagram and in his social media platforms, obviously, you know, a visual platform. Um, so he was getting um, offers from photographers and modeling agencies and things like that. And um, until one day, he happened to express a non-woke. Um, uh, it wasn't even it wasn't even anything really non-woke at the time. But he posted a picture of himself at um, Mar-a-Lago. He got invited to an event, and Trump was there, and he just wrote, "What an honor of himself there with the with the then president." And he was essentially canceled. He um, he lost thousands and thousands of followers. He lost a lot of modeling gigs, um, and eventually he he continued to post. He, that that kind of made him double down. He thought, oh wow, you know, I, I all I did is is say something that was a little bit against the grain as far as far as the very liberal modeling um, industry goes. And look look what look what happened to me. All these these people just cut me off. Um, so then he doubled down. He continued to to uh, post uh, anti-woke and very um, traditional conservative um, posts. And he was essentially canceled. He got his Instagram shut down. And um, that, that made his, uh, his career, that certainly he took a hit for that um, because he, he did rely on putting his image out there to, to get a lot of jobs. But he says that he is so glad that he did that because he realized who his true friends are. He said that he has been awarded with um, so many people who have come to his defense and befriended him, and he feels much stronger and and happier with himself because he said, you know, before you were making money, but at what cost? You know, he wasn't his his conscience wasn't clean, and now he can speak his mind freely, and he is a lot more better friends from doing that. Um, so. So don't be afraid of cancellation. It can be tough, certainly. It can be uncomfortable, but it's uh, you'll be rewarded for doing the right thing, certainly. The book is Woke Proof Your Life. Teresa Mall, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me.